thank you for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant field life. To know more about the ministry or to support, visit riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you today as you listen to this message. We're going to turn in the scriptures here in just a few moments to uh, Matthew chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 13. Uh, through uh, 21. We're going to take a break uh, from the book of Acts uh, this morning and work through Matthew chapter 14, uh, verses 13 through uh, 21. And so I can't tell you just to begin this morning how excited I am to be a part of this fellowship. You know, God plops us down in groups of people. And uh, he uh, puts us with people. He could have put any of us anywhere in the whole world, couldn't he? At any place in the whole world, God could have put us. But he put us together for some purpose for his glory, right? And uh, I'm grateful for him. There are many good people, many good churches, many good works that God is doing. Um, but as I'm, as I'm sitting there and I'm thinking... Um, thinking about you and thinking about this fellowship, um, I am so thankful that this is where God has placed my family and I uh, to raise my family and to uh, be a part of a group of people who love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We began as a group of people that were hungry people, praying, serving, and eager to love others. And that by God's grace and through the power of his spirit is who he has helped us continue to be. No glory to one person, uh, no glory to one group, but glory only to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for what God will do today uh, through uh, our time together ministering to others uh, up in Rockersville. God has given us just a phenomenal opportunity to uh, be able to share and encourage other people for his glory. That is our goal, God's glory alone, God's glory alone. And so each and every one of us who will be up there today uh, has to have the mindset to be on mission. And so what I've thought about a lot uh, over the last few weeks is how do we uh, prepare? How do we as a people prepare? How do we individually uh, prepare? How do we prepare for what God is doing? Um, I, I don't want to always be someone who is looking to what God will do later, later, later. Uh, what I actually see is what God is doing here and now, uh, what God is doing in our midst. But we also want to prepare for what God has set our hand to do together uh, as a team unified and in one accord. And I've thought about that. <clears throat> How do we prepare? How do we prepare for what uh, God may do, um, for what God is doing, uh, for how God has worked in our lives in the past? How do we think about that? How do we prepare for these future moments? And the Lord brought my mind here to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13 and the feeding of the 5,000, a scripture and passage that is so familiar. In fact, it's in all of the Gospels. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all uh, saw different pieces of Jesus' ministry, and they recorded what was important to them by a move of the Holy Spirit. And the feeding of the 5,000 was something that was important to all four of them. There are some things that only one or the other records. Uh, there's a few things that they all record, and this is, this is one of them, the feeding of uh, the 5,000. And I think as we work through this passage, it will help teach us uh, through the ministry of our Lord uh, how to prepare for an opportunity uh, such as this afternoon, but also opportunities that God gives us uh, every single day to be able to share the gospel and minister to others who are hurting and broken and wounded by the world around them. We would stop for a few moments and think as we go in a grocery store or as we maybe walk in Lowe's and we pass people by and we maybe take a quick glance at their eyes and they're thinking about what they might want to purchase or what they may want to see. What we often don't see is the pain that's underneath those eyes. What's behind that? What have they gone through? What have they walked through? What has been done to them? What have they done themselves? Knowing that each and every one of those people, if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, need to know him. That's the only place that they're going to find true peace and true freedom. We come today, and as a country, today is important to us because we think back to those days uh, in uh, 1776 when a few people banded together and said, we're going to do something bold. And uh, we're going to send a letter to the king of England. We're going to tell him that we're not going to be his subjects anymore, but we're a free people by the design of our creator. And so we come to a moment such as today, and I think the Lord Jesus Christ's word speaks to us about an even greater freedom. There are people today who are in chains, but no freedom. There are people today who are bound literally in prison, but the heart knows the freedom of being in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's true freedom. That's true freedom. And so this morning's message I want to share with you in such a way to help us know some thoughts that I hope will uh, prepare us uh, for this afternoon, but also prepare us for even greater opportunities that the Lord will set before us in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead as we labor together in unity and in one accord. So if you will, let's stand together and uh, read from Matthew chapter 14 looking at verses 13 through uh, 21. I'll give some context here in just a moment, uh, but we'll read the text, and then I'll uh, put the text in its context uh, so that uh, we have clarity of what was happening and what the Lord is speaking to. It says, Now when Jesus heard about John, John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, to, to his disciples, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. 
And he said, bring them here to me. And ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food. And breaking the loaves, he gave to them he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. There were about 5,000 men who ate, besides women and children. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the public reading of Scripture. Once again, we're grateful, Lord, that we enjoy that freedom today. Uh, how different it could have been if men of courage didn't stand up and say there needs to be freedom to worship according to the conscience and the dictates of one's heart. We thank you, Lord, for men of courage. We're grateful, Lord, for that heritage. We're even more thankful, Lord, for the spiritual heritage that we have through the courage and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, God, I pray this morning that you would help us uh, to see your word, perceive your word, apply your word to our heart, that there would indeed be a work of the Spirit, a gentle work of the Spirit today. Lord, that we would be compelled to be laborers in your harvest. That this morning, this afternoon, the days and weeks ahead, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to be an answer to prayers that have been prayed throughout the ages that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into his harvest field. Together we say, send us, O Lord. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In your precious and holy name, we ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. So again, this... Uh, story, uh, this uh, event shows up in each of uh, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each one tells it a little bit differently, not because they are uh, not because they're putting it together in a different way, but just like any one of us, as we're telling a story uh, to someone else, if four or five of us were at an event, certain things would stick out to each one of us in a different way. So each one of us would perceive a story, and certain details would stick out to us, and as we were telling it to someone else, those details would be more or less important uh, to one another. So each of the evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell this story a little different but essentially the same thing, that there are 5,000 people that are gathered together, that they all are listening to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that, uh, in fact, there is more than 5,000 here. Scripture tells us that that was just the men. There was an addition of women and children. Now, some scholars saying there could have been uh, 12, 15, 20,000 people uh, sitting here listening uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it could have been a great multitude that was sitting there. And as they were sitting and listening and Jesus was uh, teaching, they became hungry and the disciples wanted to send them away in order they could buy food in the surrounding villages. And Jesus tells them not to do that. And he says, they don't need to go away, but you give them something to eat. Now, the story takes place uh, after John the Baptist was 
murdered by Herod. So you'll recall the story earlier in chapter 14 about John the Baptist uh, being beheaded simply because of a vow that Herod had made to uh, his uh, daughter, essentially, that she came out and danced before him and a group of people. And he was so pleased with her dancing that he said, uh, whatever you want, I'll give it to you, even up to half my kingdom. And at that point, John the Baptist was uh, imprisoned. And uh, John had confronted Herod about uh, his relationship with women, and particularly the wife who he currently had and the daughter who danced uh, before him, went back to her mother and asked, what should I ask for? And she said, I want you to ask for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And Herod, having uh, said his vow to give her up to half his kingdom in front of a group of people, he uh, felt obligated, even though in some ways he seemed to have an affinity for John, but he went and had him beheaded and had John's head brought back on a platter, which the daughter gave to her mother. And Jesus hears about this, and it gives us an insight into the humanity of our Lord, that the Lord Jesus Christ was human like you and I. He grieved. He was sad. This bothered him what had happened. And he wanted to withdraw to a place. It says he withdrew from there into a boat when he heard about John, when he heard about what had gone on with John. He withdrew in a boat, and he went to a secluded place by himself. But when the people heard about this, they went and they followed him on foot from the cities. And Jesus knew that they were following him, and he went ashore. And he saw the large crowd that had gathered just sort of waiting for him. Jesus wasn't angry or upset. I need my me time. I need my personal time. I need to be alone. Don't you understand what I'm going through right now? Jesus didn't do any of that, but the Bible says that Jesus looked at the crowd and he felt compassion for them, and he healed their sin. That's the character of our Lord, compassion and love. John had been rejected Jesus, too, had often been rejected by the political leaders and the religious powers. And as I read through this story, I think of several observations that would be important to us, particularly as we think about this afternoon. We look in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ that he pressed through his own personal pain in order to help other people. Jesus had experienced that personal pain of John the Baptist's death. He withdrew but when he saw people in need, he acted with compassion. You and I all have pain. We all have things that we have gone through that we wish we hadn't gone through. Things that have happened to us that we wish hadn't happened to us. Things that compel us, things that would give us reason in anyone's mind to say, it's time for me to sit back and take a back seat and to wait this one out. We've all had those type of things come our way. And we do need time once in a while to reflect and to pray. But oftentimes what I've found personally and what I see in the scriptures is that healing from personal pain often comes through selflessly serving 
others. Jesus saw the crowds. He didn't look away. He didn't turn a blind eye and say, I don't want to get involved in that right now. But he pressed through, even through his own emotion and even through his own pain. He saw them. He had compassion on them. And he acted moving and healing the sick among them. Today, there's probably not one of us in this room that is not walking through our own challenges. But God has brought us to a point where there's people going to be arriving in a specific location who will also have their own troubles, their own problems, their own difficulties. And maybe the difference between us and them is that we have a relationship with Jesus and some of them will not. And so we have something to offer. The Lord Jesus Christ, his grace, his power, his spirit at work in someone's heart. Right now there is spiritual warfare happening and it's interesting the calls that I've been getting. That Pastor Chris has been getting from people all over the area and it's interesting how many of those calls go. I'm not sure what will happen this afternoon. But I don't believe the enemy is very happy about it. Do we believe in a spiritual realm? You know, I, I think, have we been lulled to sleep to think that everything is just kind of naturalistic here? Or do we truly believe that there is a spiritual realm where there are forces at work and warring against one another. If we believe that as a people who say, yeah, we we believe the book, and Jesus said that there were spiritual wars that were happening, if we believe these things, then we have to realize that there is spiritual warfare that is happening, and we must, as believers, engage the fight and not just waltz in kind of unprepared. I hope is that between 11.15 when I hope we'll finish and 3 p.m. this afternoon that some of us will spend time on our knees in prayer fighting a spiritual battle. My hope would be that all of us could do that. So you may be going through the depths of despair this morning. You may have your own challenges that you're facing, but oftentimes when we find ourselves at the bottom, as we've said, even in the book of Acts, as we've read through the book of Acts and we've seen over and over again, when you're at the depths, when you've been knocked down, that's the place that God points us to prayer and calls us to step up into our rightful calling as believers. Like the Lord Jesus Christ, when you drive down the gravel road and you begin up the hill and you begin to see a crowd assemble, my hope is that you'll see the crowd. Not just the activity that's going on, not just the things that are happening, not just the place that you've been asked to serve or the 
uh, area in which you're kind of maybe exerting some leadership over, but that you'll look at a global perspective and see a crowd of people that have gathered who all have souls, who have all been created according to Genesis chapter 1 in the image and likeness of God, who bear the image of our Creator, who are deserving and worthy of respect, and whose soul, if it has not been redeemed, God is calling us to preach a message of the gospel where their heart would be pricked and their lives would be changed and they would come and repent before the Lord Jesus Christ. They would believe fully in him. They would be obedient to his call to be baptized. And we would pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to set them on a path of service in his kingdom. Seeing the crowd, having compassion on them. People who are hurting, broken, abused by the world, even unsure of why they are here, what their purpose is. I sat in a coffee shop on Friday. I was there by myself and that there were other people there, but I didn't know anyone else uh, in the room. And I sat at a table and I uh, was uh, working on uh, some notes and studying the scriptures and trying to prepare my heart. <clears throat> It's hard to do that here because so many of you want to come and pray. <laughs> and that's a wonderful thing. You want to be here in God's house and do good things for the Lord. And as I was there, there was someone working at, working at the counter. I tried to look at her in such a way as I thought maybe the Lord would look at her. It's clear just by the way in which she carried herself, that there had been abuse by the world. And yet it was interesting how much care she took for the things that she was responsible for. Someone with a soul. Someone that may not look like us if they were to walk into this room and sit next to us. Someone who may not act like us. They don't have all the Christian words together. All the jargon that you and I learn as we associate and we talk about certain things and act certain ways. But someone who had a soul, who God loved, who Jesus' blood was shed for 2,000 years ago. People. People. We have a responsibility to these people. You and I have a responsibility. And we should not take it lightly. Being willing to press through our own personal pain, press through our own personal challenges to see the crowd, have compassion on them. And I can tell you today that if you come this afternoon with your own personal challenges and difficulties, you will leave being lifted up to the highest heights by the Lord Jesus Christ if you see the crowd and act in love. God will do it. God will do the work. The other observation that I have out of this passage is that we must offer what we have or what we may think we lack. We must make it an offering as an act of faith. It was the disciples who cared about the people enough to want things to be over, want the service to be done with in order to send them into town to buy food. 
They did not have enough to feed 10, 12, 15,000, maybe 20,000 people who were gathered there. They didn't even have enough for themselves. Five loaves and two fish. But Jesus had them offer what they were not trained for, what they were not prepared for, and what they were not equipped for. They had five loaves and two fish, but what they had, they brought to Jesus. As a community of faith, we have never promoted a vision that would cause us to say that we've got it all nailed down just perfectly. In fact, I hope that we've come across as just the opposite, a people who want the power of the Spirit to move us step by step, day by day, trusting in Him, realizing that we're not quite sure what tomorrow will bring. We sought to promote a culture of prayer and seeking the Lord in unity and love through the grace of the Holy Spirit. And what we have to offer today, we will do so by faith, knowing that the Lord has to multiply it for his glory. Right now, we don't have enough. Right now, we're standing here as a group of people with five loaves and two fishes, and God is bringing people. We do not have enough. Do we understand that? We do not have enough. But what we have to offer today, we do so by faith, knowing that God will multiply it. You may say, I don't know enough about Scripture. I haven't prayed with someone before. I don't understand what you guys are talking about with the three circles. But I would encourage you to offer what you have by faith and allow the Lord to multiply it. When you see someone standing and God moves on your heart and you're moved with compassion, move to the person and begin to open your mouth. Understand that I don't have it all nailed down. I don't know all the pieces myself. I'm slated to bring a message and I'm saying, God, help me because I've got five loaves and two fish. That's all I've got, Jesus. If we try to do it in our own power and our own strength, every single one of us will walk away sorely disappointed. We've said it before, we will not have a production. We're looking for a move. A move. We have a move by offering what we have for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. As our experiences press us to prayer and we offer what we may think we lack, I don't have enough this isn't going to work. I don't understand how this is going to come together. We offer it to the Lord. One of the things that we can expect is an abundance. Our God gives good gifts. Our God gives good gifts. My brother-in-law is here. He probably wouldn't like me pointing him out. <laughs> He's a much smarter guy than I am. Works in the service of the Lord, and there have been times in transitions of my own ministry, and he has reached out in care and compassion to me and sought to keep me connected, keep me focused. 
And one of the things he shared with me, and it's been several years ago, that I've always kept with me, and he said, our God gives good gifts. If you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask him for fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. Our God gives good gifts. If we bring to him what we have and we say, God, multiply it for your glory. God, do something with what I have. This is all I've got, Jesus. This is all I know to give you, Jesus. Our God gives good gifts. Our God gives good gifts if in faith and in honesty and integrity we bring him our five loaves and our two fishes. Our God gives good gifts and he will multiply it for his glory. You see, what's interesting in this passage is that the disciples brought it to Jesus and he blessed it, but he didn't pass out the food himself. The disciples did the work. The disciples gave it to the people. Jesus uses people who are flawed to do his work. And this is the beauty of the gospel, that a perfect God uses flawed people to accomplish miraculous things. And the disciples passed out what they passed out to the crowd. That little tiny bit blessed over 15,000 people who didn't just get a crumb. They didn't just get a little bit. They didn't just get a morsel. They ate until they were satisfied, the scripture says. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets full. They offered five loaves and two fish and received back 12 full baskets. Now, there's a lot of meaning in receiving back those 12 full baskets, but I can imagine part of that meaning in this particular passage is every single one of the disciples had a basket that was full in abundance for what they offered in their lack after everything was over and everyone was satisfied. God's going to send you away with an abundance. Jesus showed the abundance that is received by those who offer from their insufficiency. Disciples didn't have enough for themselves, but in offering it to Jesus and giving it away, they were able to receive back way more than what they ever offered. You may not feel as though you have much to offer. I'm just going to go and sit and be a spectator. And I would just encourage you to stay home. We have to be unified as a team here. The one thing we've asked is that this church together be on mission and look around the room. We think about what is the church. Look around the room. Look around the room and you see people, people who bear the image of God. And I pray the majority of the people, if not all the people in this room, have committed themselves to Jesus. And so these are redeemed image bearers. And what I pray and hope the Lord is doing Is he sending us out together on mission? What better people to be on mission with than the people you see in this room? People who we love and care for. People who we have been praying for. Who we've walked together at times through the valley of the shadow of death. 
God has helped us to hold one another's hands when we've cried and when we've weeped. God has encouraged one another together. People in this room, God is providing an opportunity for us to be on mission together. So this afternoon, we are not going and recoiling into our homes and cooking hot dogs on the grill or hamburgers on the grill for ourselves. We're doing it in order that we may come together. We're pushing those things aside in order that we may come together to be a people who are on mission together. So I ask you the question again, are you willing to offer out of your insufficiency? Are you willing to take a step of faith? Today, if you're willing to offer God out of what? you don't think you have right now. God, I can only offer this little bit and it will never in a million years feed the people that I'm looking at, that I'm staring down, looking right in the face. My five loaves and two fish will not even make a dent in or a drop in the bucket. But if you're willing to take a step of faith and say, Jesus... What I've got is what I have, but I offer it to you to be multiplied for your glory. I believe that we can expect an abundance beyond whatever we can offer. An abundance beyond whatever we can offer. Today we're seeking the Lord for salvation of lost souls. As they come to Jesus, we're going to encourage them to be baptized in water as a sign of obedience to Christ. And we're going to pray that in those moments they would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You are part of this. We are part of this together. We must spend time, continued time in prayer over the next few hours. If you arrive early, begin walking and praying over the property. Begin praying that God would do a work when you see people in need of ministry, be moved by the Holy Spirit to connect with them. Be moved by the Holy Spirit to have compassion upon them. Some of us are going to be stretched well beyond our comfort zone. And that's probably a good thing because it's time. It's time. Stand with me and we're going to pray. I've asked three individuals to follow me in prayer. And what we're going to ask is that you simply are interceding as they are interceding. They simply are coming to pray uh, as an act of leadership and engagement. And we stand in agreement as they come and pray and seek the Lord. So, Lord Jesus, right now, we commit this time to you. We pray, Lord Jesus, that by your Holy Spirit, God, that you would move despite our weakness, despite our inadequacies. God, what I know in earnestness, we have sought your heart. I know there have been faithful people who have been praying. And I know that little is much 
when God is in it. And so God, today we stand. We stand with joy, excitement, and expectancy. We hear you say to us today, Lord, individually and collectively, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Help us to be faithful towards that end, Lord. To be focused on your glory, your exaltation, to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who even in the midst of his own challenges and his own difficulties, pushed through the pain that he was feeling over the loss of a friend and a family member in order to be engaged with the mission. He felt compassion on people, people he had created, people who he knew the number of hairs upon their head, people who he knew what they had been through, what they had gone through, what the world had done to them. He had compassion on them and he moved with compassion. And he called those who he had been leading, his disciples, those who had been following him to offer what they had. What they had was never enough on its own, would never be enough on its own. It would never satisfy the amount of people who were gathered. And yet with the Lord, there's always an abundance. We can imagine the reaction of the disciples as they're each looking and maybe even holding a basket full of crumbs and broken bread pieces and fish and things that they had picked up and thinking, what just happened? What was I a part of? Who is this man? Help us, Lord, to be moved in ways in which we have not. For your glory and your glory alone. Let's continue to pray together. abundant Lord we know that you gave your life on the cross 
so that we would not have to die in our own sins, so that we would not be held accountable, Lord, for the works of the flesh, but that we could find forgiveness in you, the perfect example, the perfect sacrifice. Lord, I pray today that people would be called into that abundant life with you, would be called to share in your sufferings. Lord, that you would free those who have sold themselves out to the things of the world. Who have enslaved themselves to drugs, alcohol, demonic powers, principalities. Lord, that they would find abundant life in you. Lord, that their soul would delight in you. That they would incline their ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to them today. That they would find that everlasting covenant with you. Lord, that your mercy would flow from the altar today and poured out on the hearts and lives of those who are in bondage, those who are lost. Lord, that they would run to you, that they would seek you while you may be found, that they will call upon you while you are near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Let her find mercy in you. Let the young child know your presence today because you pardon and you pardon abundantly. Lord, your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are so much higher than ours. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your ways higher than ours. Lord, I pray that your word would go forth with power, unction, and anointing. Because we know that your word does not return void. And we know that it will prosper in the thing that you sent it for. And Lord, that we as a people would be, go out led with joy and peace that the mountains would break forth with singing and praise, O oh Lord, to your name for the work you're about to do today, Lord. That every soul there today, Lord, would experience your power. 
Change us, Lord. Use us, Lord. Help us to be sensitive to what you're doing. Show us the way and help us walk in it. We submit ourselves to you, Lord. So that we are no longer a thorn bush, Lord, but a cypress tree. So that we are no longer a briar, Lord, but a myrtle tree. We are no longer broken, but redeemed. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to kneel, you're welcome to. If you'd like to sit, stand. If you want to come to the altar. Please take your liberty as we seek the Lord together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that we can come to you, dear God, and lean on you. And Lord, we know that there is an enemy that wants to dishearten us, to discourage us, to divide us. We know that there is an enemy that is actively opposed to all things that are godly and all the good things that you're doing. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray against anything that would hinder your work this afternoon. Lord, natural things can be manipulated by the forces of darkness. We pray, Lord, that the logistical matters will just be well taken care of. But Lord, our faith is not in the logistics. Lord, we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that our hearts will be prepared for what will happen this afternoon, but our our confidence is not even in ourselves, Father. Lord, we, we, we are like little children. Unless you lead us and unless you direct us, we don't know what to do or how to do it. Not a single person. Lord, we come to you, and Lord, we know our hands are absolutely empty. We don't even have five loaves or two fish unless you place them in our hands. But Lord, what we do know is you have given us a place. And we're thankful for that. You have given us a plan that we feel like has been directed by you. And we thank you for that. But Lord, what we understand from scripture is a man's heart devises his way, but it's God who orders his steps. So Lord, order our steps today. Lord, help us not to hold so tight to any kind of agenda or any kind of an idea that we know what's best or we should have done this or that. Just help us to have such a sensitivity to your leading that everything unfolds according to your purpose and that at the end of this, Father, when it's all said and done, the barn will be forgotten, Riverstone will be forgotten, the other participating and partnering organizations and churches will be forgotten. But we will not forget that we were met by a God who is still a Redeemer, who is still a Savior, who is still a healer, who is still a deliverer, who is still an encourager, 
And Lord, we are asking that you'll be seen this afternoon in such a way that we'll never forget what happened. Lord, we commit this to you in Jesus' name. love you so much. Thank you for saving us and forgiving our sins and giving us a heart of repentance for doing the work in our life to turn our lives away from our sin and to turn it to you, for filling us with your Holy Spirit, for giving us a desire to serve you, to follow you, for a hunger for righteousness and your law. God, thank you so much, Lord. You did that work, Jesus. You did that work in my life. I didn't do that. Somehow, God, you got through to me. You broke into my confusion. You broke, Lord, into my uh, rebellion. And Lord, showed me the words of eternal life, Jesus. And God, we're just praying that today for those that come, that Lord, you've already been working a plan. That Lord, you already knew what was going to happen. And that today, Jesus, that you're going to break, Lord, into their minds and into their hearts. And you're going to reveal the gospel of their salvation. We trust you with that. And all we get to do, God, is to join you in that harvest. We get to work alongside of you, Jesus. And to just be available and just enjoy our Father, enjoy our Daddy in heaven. So God, I pray as we go, I take away, Lord, any anxiety. Take away, Lord, any fear, Lord. And instead, Jesus, I pray, give us an expectation, God. Put in our hearts, Lord, just a, an excitement to see what you're going to do. I thank you for this story today that was preached behind this pulpit. I thank you, Lord, that, that God, you have given us a compassion. God, I pray that you would continue, Lord, to, um, to, to cultivate that heart of compassion, that it would be your heart that we would experience today, that we would all come away saying, I felt the heart of Jesus. And that, Lord, we love people that we didn't even know before because, Lord, you put your heart inside of us. And God, give me, pray with me, church, God, give me as well a heart of obedience. Just like when the disciples said, they, Jesus said, go and feed them, Lord, they responded in obedience. Oh, God, give us, I pray today, a heart of obedience, ears that hear the word of Jesus and spirits that are sensitive to your leading Holy Spirit and also a heart of obedience that says yes we will do and we will go and we will say as the Lord leads and God I pray give us a heart like that young boy that gave away his fish and loaves that we would just give ourselves we would give everything we got we would just give everything we got God, today I pray that we would expect, we would expect to see, Lord, you multiply whatever we gave. That, Lord, today we would expect, Jesus, that people are going to say yes to you. We would expect today that people are going to surrender their lives completely to you. We're going to expect today that people are going to get filled with your Holy Spirit. That people today are going to say, I'm going to go under, I'm going to die with Christ, and I'm going to come alive with Jesus today in those baptismal waters. And that today, Jesus, today, beginning today, Lord, things are going to be different in our world. True freedom, 
is going to ring today in the hearts and lives of people right here in Central Virginia. The glory of the Lord is going to be revealed. People are going to say glory, hallelujah to Jesus today because of what you've done in their life. And so, Lord, thank you for using me. It's an honor, Jesus, and it is a privilege that I get to work alongside of you today. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for the power that you're going to clothe us with to go and be your witnesses today in Central Virginia. And thank you for all that you're going to do. We commit it to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, Amen. Thank you for being a part of Riverstone Church. I hope today's message encouraged you to take a step closer to Christ. If there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about, please visit our website at riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you this week and may you walk in all of His promises and plans for your life.